Hello everyone, my name is Doug Weckenman. I'm the lead pastor of Red Rocks Austin, and I wanna welcome you to Religion Rehab. This is a midweek conversation about rebuilding, restoring, and getting on with our lives. This is our very first episode, and so today, Ryan and I discuss the heart behind these conversations and paint a picture of the way forward. Let's get started. All right, well, here we go. Welcome to Religion Rehab, everybody. Um, Yeah, this was birthed out of a series we did last fall that resonated with pretty much everybody, and uh, we wanted to create a space in the middle of the week to go deeper on stuff we talk about on Sundays when we don't necessarily have all the time in the world and maybe talk about some different topics. And uh, it turns out we all need a little bit of religion rehab. And I'll start by saying this, and this might be the very first time you've ever heard this, or this might be like the 300th time you've heard this, but I'm gonna say it, and it's this. Christianity is a relationship and not a religion. And to you, you might hear that and go, well, yeah, duh, like that's so simple. I've heard that a million times, a hundred times, and I'll say this, you've also eaten pizza a hundred times, but it's good every time you eat it. And just because you ate dinner yesterday does not mean you don't need dinner today. This is good every time. We all need reminders, especially when it comes to that concept of Christianity is a relationship with God and not a religion to get to God. Because as human beings, uh, we make it about religion so quickly because do's and don'ts are just easier to quantify. And when people are good at religion or bad at religion, it's easier to categorize people and it's less messy. Relationships are messy, but that is Jesus's way. And thank God that it is. This is a relationship and not a religion. And so that said, Religion Rehab, it's an edgy title. I got to admit, it's an edgy title. The point of this, because all of us have probably been hurt by the concept of religion in some way, shape, or form. And by the way, religion is simply human beings trying to get to God, where Christianity is simply God coming to get human beings. When we make it a religion, all of us have by churches or by pastors or leaders or Christians or just religion in general been hurt by the concept of religion. And while that's true, the point of this podcast is not to make a case for why any of us are rightfully burned or hurt. That might be true, and and this, this space is so we can talk about it, but it's not the goal. The goal is not to bash, the goal is to build. Just because it's true doesn't mean it's helpful. And Ryan, I think it was Albert Einstein who said you can't fix a problem with the same consciousness that caused the problem in the first place. And us bashing religion would just be us making a religion against that religion, essentially. And so we need to get higher. Um, and, and so, yeah, so it's restoring and rebuilding so that we can, we can get on with our lives. And so the paradigm that we're going to start with, because we can talk about anything under the sun with this concept, but the paradigm and what, what I mean by that, because I Googled paradigm earlier, it's basically just like a system or a model that you use to explain something. And you're going to hear us talk about this all the time. You've probably heard us talk about it a lot if you've listened to any of our messages, but it's this concept called already, but not yet. Already, but not yet. In other words, heaven, the kingdom of God is already here 
but it's not yet fully here. And that kind of sounds counterintuitive already, but not yet, but I'm gonna pass it over to Ryan to explain what I mean by that. Okay, so the big theological phrase for what Doug just explained is in inaugurated eschatology. So if you want to impress somebody later today, just drop that in a conversation. Have you ever there thought you about inaugurated eschatology? So I'm going to break this down for us uh, as simple as I can in just a couple of minutes. Um, and to do it, we have to go back to understanding the big picture of the Bible. So much religion rehab is birthed out of uh, us, myself included, taking verses out of context and not seeing them in the, the big story of the Bible. And the big story of the Bible is it starts in Genesis 1 and 2 in a garden, and it ends Revelation 21 and 22 uh, in a, a garden uh, that has, to borrow some language from John Mark Comer, now become a city because human beings have done what we were created to do and, and taken it somewhere. And so in the first two chapters of the Bible and the last two chapters of the Bible, heaven and earth are not two different places, but they're two dimensions occupying the same space. I know that's a little confusing, but think about a, a Venn diagram from back in, in the day when you were kids. Uh, and, and one of the circles is heaven and the other one is earth. Well, in Genesis 1 and 2 and Revelation 21 and 22, those two circles are completely overlapping on each other. That's right. There you go. That's it. I asked um, Ryan to explain this like he's explaining it to a five-year-old, by the way, guys, for my sake. And so if that helps any of you, you're welcome. Keep going. Okay, so uh, in Genesis 1 and 2, we call this the Garden of Eden. Adam is living in perfect shalom, the Hebrew word for peace, with Eve. He's living in perfect shalom with the creation, and he's living in perfect shalom with, uh, with his creator. In fact, Doug, we should do some, some Edenology at some point down the road here, maybe a four-week series. There you go. I, I don't know, because there's so much to these first few chapters of the Bible as Adam is walking with God in the coolness of the day, but... Then in Genesis 3, we know that everything splits, the fall. Adam and Eve decide they want to be um, like God. They want to make decisions for themselves. And in that moment, the perfect overlap completely splits and heaven and earth become two different places. That's why like within one generation, murder is introduced as, as Cain goes and kills his brother Abel. It's like the world is just spiraling out of control. Things are hectic. They are the furthest thing from heaven until Jesus comes on the scene. So enter Jesus. Jesus comes on the scene with this grand announcement. He says, repent or turn or fix your focus. Doug, as you said this weekend, great Easter message, by the way, fix your focus. Why? because the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So our two separate circles, heaven and earth, have now come and are overlapping a, a little bit, like a typical Venn mm -hmm. diagram would look. And Jesus is that thing in the middle. So wherever Jesus goes, it's like um, it's like the kingdom of heaven is, is fully at hand wherever he is. I read one guy, um, who one scholar who described Jesus as a walking, talking wedding celebration. 
Uh, remember in, in Matthew 9 when some guys are like, hey, Jesus, how come your disciples don't fast? And Jesus gives them this like really vague statement where he goes like, because it's, it's wedding time, you know, because I'm yeah. here. And it's like, no, nobody fasts at a wedding. Don't be that guy. Don't be that guy that's like, oh, I can't eat cake. You know, I'm, I'm fasting right now, right? Like weddings are a time of celebration. Therefore, eating cake and dancing uh, and celebrating and, and having a good time. So wherever Jesus was, it's like heaven was at hand. That's why we see demons cast out. That's why we see lepers mm-hmm. get healing. That's why we see blind eyes open. That's why we see relationships restored. That's why we see uh, outcasts like like tax collectors, like Matthew, find a seat at the table. Wherever Jesus is, the, the heaven and earth split that happened is now back together um completely and it's this 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 beautiful picture um of jesus doing his ministry for three years and showing us uh, a new way to to be human but of course right uh that is it, it doesn't come in completion right with the death and resurrection of jesus we say that that jesus uh inaugurated this new way of thinking where heaven is now coming back and overlapping on earth. But we, you and I, Red Rocks Austin, exist in this tension where the kingdom of heaven is at hand already, but it's also mm-hmm. not yet here fully, which is what will happen in Revelation 21, 22, when we see this complete yeah. overlap. So inaugurated, so to begin, eschatology where we're heading jesus began this overlap between heaven and earth we live in the tension of already not yet i'll say it simply this way uh d-day in world war ii is like the the classic example of this june 6 1944 the the troops storm normandy and historians will tell you that world war ii was won that day however VE Day, Victory Day, wasn't technically until May 8th, 1945, when the war officially ended. So the war was won uh, at D-Day. It wasn't officially over until another year later. So that in-between time was this tension Mm -hmm. of we've already won, but we also haven't yet won. And as the church, we find ourselves sitting in that tension. Does that make sense? Yeah, so way back in the day, sin split heaven and earth apart. And then really quick, just because this always confused me, in the Old Testament, mm-hmm. God or heaven, the, the sphere of heaven, the kingdom of heaven, would reside on earth, but in the temple or in the tabernacle. Come on, yeah. And so you could clean yourself up via religion and go experience heaven in the temple or tabernacle, but it wasn't until Jesus came where he permanently bridged heaven and earth and brought them together like this once and for all. And now we're in the process of those two overlapping. So we find ourselves in the era where those two are overlapping. Um, So that means, kind of contrary to popular belief of what most people think about the Bible and Christianity, we think heaven is this place way out there, and I always point up, for whatever reason, <laughs> yeah, totally. up above the clouds and the, the sky or beyond Pluto, which is no longer a planet, RIP. But it's not, it's not as much I die and then we go there as much as Jesus came to bring heaven here. And in the New Testament, he called it the kingdom of heaven. 
the age to come, and he referred to our planet as the kingdom of the world or the present age. And so Jesus is making a way to drag heaven, if you will, into the present age. So and good. that's what we find ourselves in the middle of right now. Am I right about that? So, yes. And by the way, that's why when his disciples say, hey, how should we be praying? What does he say? Yeah. Pray, Lord, would your kingdom come? Would your will be done right here, right now in Austin, Texas, as it is in heaven? We're, dra- we're, we're trying. Our job is to be a vessel that makes heaven or make our city look more like heaven, which means uh, we lead with humility and authenticity yeah. and generosity yeah. and we make room at the table and all of those things. Yeah. See, to me, that's a much more captivating story of Jesus in the Bible than what normally I've tried to like pitch to my friends of like, hey, come (laughs) to church and do some good stuff and hopefully you won't go to hell and then you'll go to heaven. Uh Um, I mean, we, we like boil the most beautiful story in the world down to that, earn your way to God. And that is beautiful and captivating and intriguing to absolutely nobody. Whereas the story of the Bible and Jesus and the gospels is the most intriguing story that has ever been written. Because you find yourself in the middle of it and you find yourself with a role and you realize that what we do now matters and it helps you kind of frame Okay, it makes more sense when I look at the world because there's good in it and I sense the kingdom of heaven here, but bad things still happen at the same time. And I love, by the way, I think it was Tim Mackey who called like when Jesus overlapped him once again and bridged the gap, everywhere Jesus went, he kind of like created pockets of heaven and pushed back darkness or evil wherever he went. And now, because of the New Testament, because of Jesus, the spirit of the living God dwells within Christians. So essentially, it's the same thing for us. The kingdom of heaven goes with us everywhere we go. So when I, I mean, we can't right now because the world is closed and this is quarantine. But as soon as it opens up again and I go to the gym, I bring heaven with me to the gym or to the grocery store or to work or in the car or out on Friday night, like wherever I go, heaven comes with me. That's a compelling story. Exactly. Um, Okay, so back to the already but not yet. So the best way I've ever been able to understand this for me um, has been in like healings. Because those of you listening that don't know, I've had chronic head pains, headaches and migraines for about 12 years. And I've had probably um, maybe a thousand people pray for me Mm. all over the world for healing and so far nothing's happened and i haven't been healed but i read in the bible i read my my gospels and jesus healed people everywhere he went and so that always confused me and made me mad and i I was like is it is it my faith like do i need more faith like to and i've tried mustering more faith it's not it's not like it doesn't work like that you can't do that and so he hasn't healed my head yet. I believe he will one day. But we're, we're, uh, we're doing mission work in Fiji and praying uh, for this lady uh, who was blind. Like she came to us, literally could not see. And we prayed for her for 10 minutes. And for the first time in a decade, she could see again. Like perfect vision. And so she was healed just like on the spot. And I've, I could tell you 100 stories that I've heard of people who got healed And I could tell you a hundred stories of people who prayed and prayed and prayed and were sick or had chronic pain or whatever and weren't healed. 
And so I, that always just kind of confused me. I'm like, how do you reconcile that with the story of the Bible? But already, but not yet helps you make sense of it. That's it, man. Right? That's it. Yeah. And so I think one way to think about this is like an equation with two parts already and not yet. And I, I think about it like a, you know, those old school scales where you were like trying yeah. to figure out like which jelly beans were heavier or whatever. And so you'd put them yeah. on each side and then whichever one went down, that was the heavier one. Well, I think that that in my life, one of the things I try to do when I'm teaching is I try to find a balance between preaching already and also preaching not yet. And it's really hard to do and I've made a ton of mistakes doing it. And I yeah. think this is where a lot of religion rehab comes from, right? So when my hmm. scale weighs too heavy on the not yet, like I do a really good job explaining that the kingdom of heaven is not yet fully here and don't do a good job explaining that it is already here, then the fruit of that is we get Christians walking around who feel like they're just trying to hold on tight until heaven one day, right? Like this is all, um, it's going to be such a a struggle and such a, a fight but man, we just need to hold on tight. And then for billions of years, we'll get to celebrate our, our short time on this earth. And there's a hint of truth to that. And it's just a hint because we're missing out on the beauty of what it means to be human on an amazing planet where the kingdom of heaven is already at hand, right? And then it starts to get goofy because people will say things like, um, well, you know, we don't need to take care of the earth because this is just like we're just passing by. It would be like rearranging furniture on the Titanic before it goes down. Right. So, who cares? So whatever. Who yeah. cares when in reality, God's like, this is this is home, right? This is like yeah. we're heading toward new earth, redeemed and right. reconciled a new earth. And we can start that now. So like, right. take care of the earth. Be smart. Take care of each other. Um and the last one I would say for, for this side of the scale is I have so many friends who just got bored with the whole narrative. They got bored with, uh, hey, uh, here's a list of do's and don'ts and do your best and then uh, you can go to heaven one day. Um, and like, and by the times. way, everybody stinks at that list. <laughs> yeah, oh, terrible. So eventually you just get tired. Yeah. Eventually you get tired and you go, I'm going to go do something else with my life. In fact, I think uh, we'll, we can get into more cultural things in future episodes, but one of the reasons why we've seen this rise of secularism just throughout the course of our lifetime is because we haven't done a good job explaining the already very well. It's been all the not yet and the scale got tipped. Now, on the other side of that equation, I've also made the other mistake of getting leaning too heavy on the already and not explaining Mm. the not yet. When that happens, things just kind of get goofy, right? That's where all the, the prosperity type stuff comes from where you go like, Doug, your head will get healed right now in Jesus' name, which is great. I love the the faith. Um, I pray that prayer for you all the time. I pray that prayer for for people every, I was on the phone uh, this morning with a good friend who who's getting chemo, who's going through it right now. And we pray those yeah. prayers and we believe those things. Um, what happens, Doug, when, when you don't get the healing? It gets yeah. weird right? And, and the, the baggage comes on. And then you start to feel like, to your point earlier, oh, am I doing something it's on me. wrong? Yeah, 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 yeah. Do I not have enough faith? Do I have unrepented sin in, in my life? And it, it gets mm-hmm. strange because the balance is out of place. Or, yeah. or uh, church hurt, which is something that you and I are, 
we'll continue to share and be open with that you and I have both experienced and have both yeah. probably been uh, uh, on on the wrong side of the church. Sure. People show up to the church, they get hurt by something in their mind. They're like, hey, they're those like that pastor represents God in, in their mind. And, and so that yeah. person, that imperfect person hurt me. And so now I'm going to uh, take that baggage and project it onto God. And now all of a sudden I have a problem with a perfect mm-hmm. God, right? You see how when, when the scale gets tipped in either direction, we start yeah. to get some pain. We start to get some baggage. So, so maybe I'll say yeah. it this way. Uh, religion or the church is our attempt at trying to explain the already because the already is true. But because the not yet is also true, uh, we're going to yeah. need some religion rehab along the way. Um, or yeah. as we say from the stage proudly every week, we are imperfect people pursuing a perfect God. We are not yeah. yet people pursuing the already. So I yeah. think when, when we can that's learn good. how to balance out that scale, man, that's where, uh, and, and embrace that tension, that's where some some really profound, amazing things start to start to happen yeah man i think beautiful things happen when you can hold the tension between two things that are both true at the same time and just to come back to my head one more time um because i've you know i've prayed with people who have said uh jesus is the conquering lion and he's going to heal you right here and right now um but i've also prayed with people who have said jesus is the suffering lamb Hmm. and you bring glory to him by suffering well in this uh, right? Yes. So here's the thing. Nice. Who's, who's right? Both of them yes. are actually, both of those things are true. It's a dichotomy. Wow. And a lot of times we make religion because we want simple answers to mis- mysterious, complicated things. For instance, God and Christianity, right? Um, Jesus is the conquering lion. Jesus is also the suffering lamb. And Jesus will speak to you from either of his offices, so and good, for man. you right now, he, he might be speaking to you in this season from the office of the suffering lamb, and he's speaking to me in his office called the conquering lion. Um, you know what I mean? It's like Dude. when you get above that and you can see it like, okay, this is a, there's a dichotomy and I hold the tension between these two things. Um, because if you can't do that, like for instance, if, if you can't do that with the already but not yet and your scale tips to the, no, already, already, already. Well, then when a virus pandemic hits... What do you do? Like that messes with you because you think, no, 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 no. This is not what's supposed to happen. Like, God, I thought you were better than this. What kind of good God would allow something like this? Well, no, the era we live in between the resurrection and when Jesus comes back is the kingdom of heaven is already here, but not yet in its entirety. Come on. Therefore, therefore, virus pandemics happen. Therefore, headaches can stick around and Jesus still heals and Jesus still heals lands and removes pandemics and does amazing things. And I have way more stories of that than the suffering and then of the pain. And one day the suffering and pain won't be there and, and there will no longer be tears and new earth is going to be awesome. Um, but right now, right now, like how do you explain the fact that, um, Horrible things happen to amazing people. And really great things happen to jerks and horrible people. 
already but not yet already but not yet and and the secular world secularism would tell you the point of life is to be happy and so when a virus pandemic comes or when pain comes well then that is nothing but an enemy of the point of your existence but jesus but god has a has a bigger point farther beyond and it's it's he's refining he's doing something special and amazing right now um and we'll learn all about like the 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 mystery will make sense to all of us one day we're just Uh trying our best to explain it right now but i love that i love the concept that um you know we're not going to just be floating around in heaven one day like this evacuation theology where the world's going to hell in a handbasket handbasket and jesus is going to pull us out and evacuate us and blow it all up and then we'll be at like floating orbs bumping around and like bubbles yeah, yeah. bumping into each other for millions of years singing how great is our god like that always scared me terrifying. there's actually a phobia that's <laughs> terrifying there's a phobia where of like you you have a fear of heaven not hell you have a fear of heaven and i've always had that until i started to understand the concept of no the new heavens and the new earth and all that simply means is on this planet once again perfection again permanently at that point which and, means, and, and like you said, which means it matters what we do right now. That's it. That's yeah. it. Which means yeah. uh, there is a reason God placed Adam in the garden to work it and keep it right. in Genesis. I think it's two fifteen before the fall, right? So, so work wasn't a consequence of the fall. It's something that we are designed to do, and it means that your work right now matters because it's going to mm-hmm. carry on for the rest of eternity. I've heard somebody explain yeah. it as like this is a a great rehearsal for for yeah. the real show right on, on new Earth. yeah and that yeah. to me is just so much more compelling and so beautiful yeah yeah i have this vision of new earth i have a beach house tell us about it. on three arch beach in laguna yeah and it is because it, it's not just this ethereal detached cloud like place it's this planet but just perfect again. Garden City, back to the garden. We should do a series called Edenology. Let's do it. We should do that. Let's do it. I love that. Yeah. So already, but not yet. No, go ahead really quick. No, you You go go ahead. I was just going to say, so there there it is. Like that, that's kind of just the framework, the paradigm uh, that we set up um, just right away um, so that we we, we can talk about topics and we can, we can talk about things like I don't like racial reconciliation in the church and women in ministry. And I mean, it's the election year right there is like 50 things to talk about right there. Just, you know, um, and we can talk about it under the banner of the kingdom of heaven is already here. And we play a role in dragging it in and making the world once again, look like heaven, look like it was back in the garden. Um, but we can also acknowledge hey, it's not there yet. And there's work to do because it's not yet. Yeah. It just makes more sense. And when you can put language to it, um, it doesn't mean like uh, a virus goes away, but it, it, you can like see it. And when you understand how it, maybe how it looks from 100,000 feet instead of down here, it just clicks a little bit more. It does. And so, so yeah, do you have any other final thoughts before we yeah, call I, this? I would say, well, let me read a, a passage for us from Paul, 2 Corinthians 5, 17 and 18. It mm-hmm. says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, the new 
is here. The already is here. Yeah. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ, the inaugurated eschatology. And then listen to this, and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. So that means as like that. Christians, our job, we have okay. the ministry of reconciliation. And so um, like the, all those topics you brought up of race and gender and politics and all of that, um, we don't, yeah. we're not just going to tackle those because those are like clickbaity or anything like that. We're going to tackle those right. because we've been given the ministry of reconciliation. It's our job, mm-hmm. all of us, um, to to work to bring heaven to this earth, which means um, it's our job to sit, it's our job to listen, it's our job to make room yeah. at the table, uh, it's our job to to bring other people on here and learn from from them, and um, that I think is is what excites me so much about the future of of this podcast. I love that. That's awesome. Yeah, John Mark Comer wrote that book, Garden City, by the way, for anybody. That's the best book I think I've ever read on this concept of already, but not yet. But he says, our job is to make the invisible God visible, right? So the kingdom of earth is visible. It's everything that we experience with our five senses. The kingdom of heaven um, is way more invisible. However, it's our job to make the invisible visible through the things that we... That's why it matters what we do, um, to mirror and mimic what he is like to the world. We can glorify God by doing our work in such a way that we make the invisible God visible by what we do and how we do it. So good. So let's do that with Religion Rehab. And uh, we'll remind you guys, like you need pizza all the time, once a week at least. Christianity, your faith, is a relationship way before it's a religion. And I think a lot of us have a lot of, um, when, we, when we started talking about this topic about a year ago, um, it brought so much to the surface, not just for us, but for everybody of like, wow, there is so much healing that needs to happen. Um, I've got friends who just, they hear the word God or church or Christian and all of a sudden like their blood starts to boil or like you drive by an old church with a steeple with pews or something like that. And all of a sudden like it triggers something, um, (laughs) like that's not a, that's not something that you should just say, well then yeah, forget it. And I'll, I'll drive past it and I'll just try to to shove it down and never think of it. Like that, that's a sign that something needs to be redeemed and healed. And we need to be brought back to this amazing invitation. Christianity is, or religion is do, 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 but an invitation of Christianity um, is, a, is a relationship in every way. And so, um, yeah, we're gonna build, we're not gonna bash. Um, a lot of you, you, you might, there might need need to be like forgiveness that needs to be given for the sake of healing. Like in this in this podcast, we're gonna lay down our rights to be mad for the for the right to be free. Like stop trading being free for being mad, and we're gonna build and we're gonna restore and we're gonna redeem once again, so we can get on with our lives with Jesus. Thank you very much, and participate in His kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Sound good? Sounds amazing. Let's do it. Right. Will you, will you pray for us? God, thank you so much for, uh, for bringing your kingdom here. Lord, we pray right now in Jesus' name that your kingdom would come, that your will would be done here on this earth now in our lives and everybody listening. In Jesus' name, and everybody said...
Amen. Love you guys. Hey, thanks for listening to today's episode. We hope this conversation both inspired and encouraged you. Rebuilding and restoring the foundations of our faith is a long journey. So remember, we're in this together, and we'll see you next time for another episode of Religion Rehab.